your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoy this episode and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so is free and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's show is brought to you by a very special new addition to the Locked On family. We've got a new podcast that will help you get hockey smart. The Crosscheck podcast, hosted by Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, goes deeper into NHL stories than any other podcast with the help of the smartest minds on ice. Follow the Crosscheck podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. On tonight's episode, we are going to be taking a look at Winnipeg's back end of a back-to-back series against the Vancouver Canucks, which will be one of the final games of the regular season. The Jets lost a bit of a stinker in last night's outing in which they kind of controlled play, but also really didn't do quite enough to solve Thatcher Demko. Unfortunately, when the Jets would make mistakes, it ended up in the back of their net, so one of those games where the Canucks really didn't have to do all that much, but to be honest, you know, I, I don't know, Winnipeg just didn't really deserve both points, even though they may have done enough on paper to deserve both points, if that makes any sense. Coming into tonight's outing, the Jets did make a few adjustments. Um, Jansen Harkins got sat in favor of Dominic Toninato, who was making his NHL debut. To be honest, I actually forgot Toninato was still on the team. I remembered him signing a like a two-way deal or something ages ago, and then suddenly he just got buried. I think he's had some injuries, and I also recall him playing with the Moose a bit, so it is good to see Toninato finally getting back into NHL action. If I recall correctly, he was actually supposed to be a pretty decent fourth liner elsewhere, but obviously his NHL career has been pretty short. I think the broadcast said his game tonight was his 86th or 87th career NHL game, which is not exactly a huge resume to draw from. So, very small sample size. Maybe Toninato can earn himself a spot in the bottom six long term. I'm sure the Jets are planning to use him for some expansion draft fodder once that time arrives later in the uh, offseason. But the other major change was that Billy Heinola got taken out after what was a pretty rough game for him. I'll say that despite Heinola's, you know, certain big struggles in that game where he actually had a turnover directly resulting into a goal against, he did stabilize throughout some of the other portions of the game, but like you would imagine, he and Logan Stanley are definitely still growing into the NHL. They will have games where they really struggle. Stanley has had outings where he's been one of the worst defenders on the ice between both teams, so it's not like Heinola is particularly unique in this aspect. He's still a kid, he's going to have to get some more NHL experience before he really feels that level of comfort and ability to perform at this level consistently, which I I expect to come with time. It's just, you know, this is what, like his 10th or 11th NHL game, so it's not like he's been around for very long. He hasn't played much at this level at all, which is something that I did think was very frustrating this year. This was a season in which Heinola actually could have gotten a lot more ice time and probably acclimated to the NHL level at a fairly comfortable rate, rather than forcing him into the final few games of the season where he's been sitting on the bench for most of the year and hasn't really had a whole lot of time to adjust to this level. Pionk coming back in is obviously a huge upgrade for this team. Pionk is definitely very important for the top four, but I'm also kind of disappointed that Heinola was given such a short leash. If you're going to play your kids, you have to give them some sort of leeway to struggle and fail, which is something that I think at times the Jets haven't really been tolerant of with very specific players. 
Even Stanley has had a shorter leash at times, which I get, but then you see like the same other veteran defensemen making really similar mistakes and often turning the puck over for goals against. And it's like those guys continue to get tons of ice time while, you know, the, the younger kids are still languishing in the press box or whatever. So I don't fully understand it. It is what it is. I guess they just think veterans are... are certainly a preferable option to rookies. I did wonder how the Jets would start off in tonight's game, but to my surprise, they actually did come out looking pretty strong, especially on the opening few shifts. I felt like the first period belonged to Winnipeg by a fairly decent margin. The Jets were controlling the ice. Vancouver just looks very bad. You know, yesterday they weren't exactly great either, but when Vancouver actually did get into the offensive zone and was creating off the rush or getting some really scrappy cycles going, Winnipeg's chaotic defensive structure actually gave the Canucks a lot of good looks on net. In tonight's game, they just didn't really get much of anything. As of this recording, I can barely remember through like two periods of play any real dangerous chances for the Canucks other than like one or two shooting opportunities that either Hellebuck or a deflection ended up stopping. If anything, for the most part, it was the Jets who were the ones creating tons of really dangerous opportunities. Um, Braden Holpe was a net for the Canucks. Holpe is definitely not on the level of Thatcher Demko, in my opinion. Certainly not at this stage of his career. A few years ago, Holpe was a lot better. Nowadays, not exactly at the top end of his uh, of his peak prime. Holpe's first test of the night ended up coming on a Kyle Connor sort of breakaway in which Connor got a nice feed from Blake Wheeler and Dylan DeMello. DeMello sent a really long stretch pass up to the neutral zone, and Blake just sort of redirected it towards uh, Kyle Connor, who had a nice little outside step on the defender. And Connor dove in towards the slot and did not miss this one, depositing it cleanly right behind Holpe. I don't think Braden had much of a chance when Connor is really feeling like he needs to score, he's going to get those good opportunities, and he has the one-on-one matchup skills to really be a nightmare for almost any goalie in the league. KFC's had a real devil of a time scoring recently, which is a bit surprising for him because it's probably his best attribute aside from his skating and stuff, but thankfully, in tonight's game, he found a shooting form, he was creating some really dangerous shooting opportunities all across the periods he was playing. Just a much more noticeable impact for him over the past couple of games in which he's finally recorded a few goals. Uh, Aside from that, it was also Paul Stastny's 1000th NHL game, which Paul Maurice did something really funny. He supposedly honored him by putting like all of these most veteran players on the ice for the very opening shift. I mean, cool, I guess. Um, I I would prefer to just have skill with skill, maybe reward Stastny with guys who can actually keep up with his IQ and level of play rather than all the really oldest players, but it is what it is. Aside from that, I think the Jets just had a pretty good first period. They didn't really have to do, like, a whole lot, generally speaking. And I think it highlights why Vancouver has had such a rough season. You know, you look at this Canucks depth, and there's a lot of disorganization. You know, the the skill isn't really there, especially without Elias Petterson in the top six. Niels Hoaglander and Bo Horvat can only carry so much. Tanner Pearson was back in, but again, he's probably like a middle six player now. And then defensively, every time, you know, Winnipeg would enter the offensive zone, Vancouver's defense just allowed so much space between the slot and the faceoff circles, giving the Jets lots of shooting opportunities. That's the area that you really have to clog up if you're the Canucks. If you actually seal those spaces off, Winnipeg tends to struggle a lot, but if you don't, it's going to give a lot of guys like Wheeler and Shifley and, and certainly Kyle Connor, plenty of other shooters too on this team that can hit those angles and stuff. That's not the kind of space that you want to give the Jets. All in all, for a start to the game, I don't think you can complain with a one nothing lead, even though it is against Vancouver. The team in general just needs a bit of a confidence boost and certainly a shot in the arm, which beating the Canucks one nothing so far maybe isn't quite the start that you would be thinking is going to lead to like a long playoff run, but hey, it's a start. We'll find out in just a moment if that start actually translated into more firm results as the game wore on. 
Before then though, speaking of things that involve results, I wanted to tell you a little bit about growing your future wealth. Stonks, doge, memes, rocket ships, to the moon, what does any of this mean? Well, if you're really not familiar with day trading, Wealthfront Investment is here to help. Wealthfront can help you with the fundamentals of long-term wealth management. Investing can be super complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. There's no manual trading, no picking stocks, and no watching the stock market anxiously every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you can control. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started. Guard your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Again, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are recapping Winnipeg's second round of action against the Vancouver Canucks after a rough first outing on Monday night. Now we have them on Tuesday night, and in the first period, the Jets were actually pretty good. Tonight's game also happens to be Paul Stastny's 1000th NHL game, and so far, the team, like him, has actually been playing pretty well. Entering the second period, the Jets had a nice one nothing lead thanks to Kyle Connor just really greasing one right by Braden Holpe on a beautiful breakout feed from Dylan DeMello and Blake Wheeler. So, the Jets I wasn't really sure if they were going to be able to maintain their level of play and to continue applying pressure, but thankfully the Jets did not slack off, and in the second period we saw some really good stuff. Blake Wheeler had a really nice, beautiful goal to start off the second period, a really nice feed on the right flank where he basically just sort of walked through the entire Canucks defense, and it sort of reminded me of the way that he used to be able to play when he was in his prime. Certainly over the past couple of seasons, you can tell that his rushing ability and uh, in-zone offensive awareness and passing has definitely declined. He's not much of a shooter like he used to be. A lot of stuff for Blake has changed, and while in the recent season or so he has actually improved things like his puck handling and his composure under pressure, certainly other aspects of his game still aren't quite there, so it's nice to see every now and then that he can replicate some of the stuff he used to do when he was much younger and really one of the driving offensive forces of Winnipeg hockey. You know, we won't see it as often going forward, and it is kind of disappointing because Prime Blake Wheeler was one of the most entertaining parts of this Jets team, but every now and then when you, when you get a flash of it, it's really cool to see, and it's nice to see that he can still do it even now as he nears closer to the end of his career, most likely. The Jets definitely controlled most of the second frame too, which is nice to see. Winnipeg really wasn't giving the Canucks all that many scoring opportunities. In fact, I think Vancouver was under 15 shots or so for most of the second period until the last few minutes as uh, as the Jets started to give up a few more opportunities here and there. Vancouver definitely had a couple of power play chances, some of which were actually a little bit dangerous, but nothing too crazy. It didn't really matter much because they didn't score, and then Mark Shifley added a really nice third goal. This one a tipped deflection from a Wheeler point shot to make it 3-0 for the Jets, and Vancouver basically looked pretty cooked. I think the Canucks coming into tonight, they definitely weren't going to get lucky like they were with Demko last night. And to be honest, you can't really blame Holtby for most of the goals against. I just think that the, the Canucks defense is not exactly ideal, and, and certainly the power play isn't great. Their even strength production is not great. In general, Vancouver's just a bad team. And so, watching this game... It kind of strikes me that now the Jets are basically cemented for a matchup against the Edmonton Oilers, 
and part of me wonders if the Jets can even come close to playing like this against the Oilers like they do against the Canucks, because every time they face Edmonton, they get very scared of McDavid, they don't really pressure the rest of the lines, and then Tippett, once he gets a lead, then just shovels the puck down the ice repeatedly. The Jets find themselves hitting a brick wall in the neutral zone, and the rest of the game seems to stop for the Jets, so overall, not really sure if this game means all that much in the grand scheme of things. I think some people were like, oh, you know, Connor Shifley-Wheeler is back, that line is, is cooking, it's looking great, and this is what we want to see. But against teams that actually know how to pressure and win those matchups against Shifley's line, which is the McDavid line to a T, you know, I'm not really sold on this performance. I do think that once we see this line again in the postseason against Edmonton, the Jets are going to get caved. There were several shifts even in this fairly dominant game where I saw Shifley just sort of coasting through the defensive zone, not actually backtracking, and a couple of, uh, you know, pretty decent Vancouver Canucks chances came off of Shifley not engaging his target. That kind of stuff does not fly when you're facing Puya Yarvi, McDavid, Dreisaitl, you know, even Kyler Yamamoto is extremely good at navigating spaces and getting into dangerous scoring areas, so I'm not really feeling great about it. It is nice to see that the Jets are capable of winning, you know, more than one game in, like, 11 attempts, but, like, let's not get too ahead of ourselves, and there's always the chance that as we enter this third period, something crazy happens and Winnipeg actually blows this. I hope not. I think it would be nice to win on Paul's 1,000th game as an NHL player. There aren't many guys out there in the league who actually hit this milestone, and it's nice to see a guy playing for the Jets who's actually been all across the NHL and has dedicated so many years of his life to this league and certainly to all the teams that he's played for. Cool that the Jets can actually share in this milestone of his career, and certainly we hope that uh, Stastny continues to keep playing and, and producing for the Jets and for whatever teams he plays for down the road. But uh, of course, there is still work for the Jets to be done, and hopefully they can iron out the kinks as they start heading into this postseason stretch. I don't really know what to make of this team. Sometimes they're great, sometimes they're terrible, sometimes they're just really average. You get a whole gamut of, of reactions to this team, and certainly that lack of consistency is kind of an issue, so, you know enjoy some of the great moments and sweet moments while you can is probably how I would phrase it. We know that inevitably the Jets are probably not going to survive in the postseason. I do think that this is going to be a pretty short playoff trip, so make the best of it while you still can. We've got some third period action coming up in just a moment, but before then I wanted to tell you something that's definitely a win and not a win that we're waiting for like we are with the Jets, and that's winning with BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international soccer, and so many other fabulous sports. Before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and enter all the contests your heart desires. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action as all of your favorite sports teams are prepping for their respective playoff runs. Go to betonline.ag to register for your free account, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a matched 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit at betonline.ag. Share in the glories of all of your favorite teams and start betting today at BetOnline. Win with the best. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. When it comes to buying auto parts, it's really hard to know if you're even getting the right parts or if you're getting the best deals. That's why you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust when it comes to all your auto part buying needs. You should look no further than rockauto.com. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. rockauto.com is a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. 
Their diverse catalog is sure to have what you need in stock, and best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick and mortar in store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Whether you're looking for a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock and at the best prices available. There are zero membership fees to shop, and everyone pays the same prices no matter their level of experience. When you place your order, be sure to write locked on the me, how did you hear about us box, so they know we sent you. Stop wasting time and money shopping at all of these auto parts stores that may not even have what you need, and even if they do, at prices that are way too high. Go to rockauto.com today. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are recapping Winnipeg versus Vancouver in Paul Stastny's 1000th NHL game. What a cool milestone. And overall, Winnipeg had a pretty great performance against a team that, well, they did need to beat, but certainly lost to last night. It's whatever, we're just going to pretend yesterday didn't happen, and certainly not like the last eight or nine losses. Yeah, we're just going to definitely say that they didn't exist and didn't happen. But, you know, talking about tonight's game, I have to say the Jets, I thought, played pretty well. Uh, This is the sort of game that I expected them to have yesterday. I felt like Vancouver is a pretty weak opponent, not exactly a team that concerns me all that much. As soon as you apply pressure to Vancouver inside the offensive zone, you can kind of see why the Canucks have really struggled, especially over the last few weeks. The the Canucks definitely cave under a lot of of really dynamic cycling and pressure. Overlapping routes cause chaos for them. They can't really hold their defensive assignments. It's still kind of amazing that Markstrom was able to carry this team into a playoff berth last year because you watch the way that they play this season and you're kind of like, yikes, man. Like Demko was doing a lot of work, especially earlier in the season. Now that things have sort of failed for the Canucks, you can kind of see why this team has definitely fallen out of a playoff spot and will be eliminated for, I think, the fifth time in the last six seasons. But uh, yeah, for the Jets, overall, a very comfortable win. The Jets added a few more nice little goals thanks to Blake Wheeler and Mason Appleton. Wheeler had a nice second goal with uh, four points on the night, two goals, two assists, and actually just a pretty well-rounded performance. We haven't seen Blake work with a lot of space throughout most of the season. Oftentimes, everyone's kind of shoving on him, and he struggles to play the way that he used to. But in tonight's game, he had a really legitimately great performance. I don't think it's going to be representative of what we see against the Oilers. If it is, it would be fantastic because we haven't seen that version of Blake in many years. But my gut takeaway from this game is to basically savor it for what it is, a really nice celebration of Paul Stastny's 1,000th NHL game, and not much more than that. I think, though, if that's what it is, that's fine with me. I mean, we sort of know what this season is. The Jets are basically jumping into the lion's den with Connor McDavid, which is crazy that one dude is going to cause Winnipeg so many problems when it comes to the postseason. But even then, you know, it's not just it's not just McDavid. It's the fact that the Jets kind of are afraid of Edmonton in general, a team that the Jets really shouldn't be afraid of and, and shouldn't fear. They often express trepidation. And I feel like show a little bit of courage, show a little bit of backbone prove to the Oilers that they really are like a two-line team. Edmonton is very much not invincible. A lot of the North Division has shown that already. Sure, the Oilers are in second place, but it's not like they can't be beaten, and especially by a team like the Jets that frankly should be kind of hurting their depth players. As for tonight's game, though, overall just a really comfortable performance, a nice 5 nothing shutout for Connor Hellebuck as well, who has been weathering quite the storm over the past couple of weeks. Not been a great run for, for Helly. certainly a comfortable game tonight, not too many crazy saves. In the third period, he did face a handful of uh, other scoring chances, but nothing too, too dangerous as far as I can recall. I would definitely say that the Jets were the ones creating all the action up the ice, and in general, just a really nice performance, a great game from everyone, and uh, something to sort of... I guess get rid of some of the really sour taste recently. It's been a rough watch as a fan for the past couple of games, so 
Nice to see the Jets win. Certainly nice to have at least a little bit of positive momentum. I believe they have one more game on the schedule. I believe it's against Toronto coming this Friday in the evening, which we will have some thoughts on that. As for the rest of the week, I'll be doing some playoff previews and talking about some of these matchups and where I think some of these divisions might end up. But for now, that is going to do it for tonight's episode. Before you call it a night, be sure to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.